You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Episode number 90 of that one time on tour is brought to you by the band Black Cat Manor. Hailing from Northwest Illinois, Black Cat Manor's hardcore punk music is a powder keg of raw emotion. The socially conscious lyrics, set to blistering riffs and melodic breaks, showcase the wide range of influences that pour out of these seasoned musicians. Constant progression and furthering experience through a reciprocal appreciative relationship with musicians and fans is the main goal of the band. Black Cat Manor would like to thank everyone who participates in the production and promotion of that one time on tour. You can check out some of the other great episodes that they've sponsored. Black Cat Manor is one of the family members, man. They have sponsored, I think this is their fifth or sixth episode that they've sponsored. So check out Black Cat Manor. You can get all of the information at blackcatmanorband.com. Check them out on all the streaming sites. They're one of my favorite bands, not just the sponsor of the podcast, but one of my favorite bands right now that I listen to currently. I was just listening to their new EP. It's awesome. And we're going to hear a song from that. This is their new single. I was allowed to pick their new single, and it is called Misused. Here it is, Black Cat Manor with Misused.
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi there, this is Rody Walker from Protest the Hero. We've got a new album that'll be ready maybe spring, maybe summer, maybe fucking 10 years from now. But uh, Chris gave me a call and asked me to tell a joke about Sum 41. So uh, how many members of Sum 41 does it take to change a light bulb? And the answer is all of them. Plus Tom from Gob. Thank you very much for your time. I'll be here all week. Hey, what's up? This is Dave from Sum 41. You're listening to That One Time on Tour. Everybody out there in podcast land, what is going on? This is Chris Swinney. As always, I am your host for that one time on tour. This is my podcast where I get to sit down with somebody in or around the entertainment industry and have a stellar conversation. Thank you so much for coming in last week and checking out my episode with Mr. Scott Reynolds from All and the Pavers and his solo stuff. It was so much fun hanging out with Scott, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Once again, his new solo record, Chihuahua and Buffalo. Uh, I'm going to be helping Scott with the release of that record, and uh, you guys will be hearing a lot more on this program very soon. So thanks a lot for checking that out. Um, You know, if you came for Scott and then you stuck around, you're here for a great episode. I think they're all great, but this one is probably at the top of my list. I had an amazing time with this one. I got to go hang out with the boys from Sum 41. I got to sit down with Dave Brown Sound and just shoot the shit about everything, man. We had so many mutual friends we weren't even aware of. I, I spent a lot of time touring up in Canada, and uh, we know a lot of the same people, and it was just funny. It was I kind of felt like I've known Dave my whole life. It was weird. But um, it was a lot of fun. I got to go up to Fort Wayne, Indiana and see Soundcheck and hang out with them at the Clyde Theater which I had never been there, and it's such a nice venue. Uh, Sweetwater, if you buy any music equipment, you know what Sweetwater is. It's in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and they kind of redid this theater, and they they called it the Clyde Theater. And it's amazing. You have to get there and go see a show. Uh, Candlebox is coming up. Maybe I'll go see those guys, and, and you know, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get them back on the show again. But, uh, yeah, so today's episode is really cool with Dave from Sum 41, We're going to get into that in a minute. I I do want to say, you know, give a little shout out to Sub 41. They just announced that their new record, Order in Decline, out on Hopeless Records, was nominated for the Juno for Rock Album of the Year, 
That is awesome, man, and it's much deserved. If you guys have not, you know, checked out the new record order and decline, you got to check it out. It is killer, man. It is some 41. They're not. It just seems like everybody's getting really soft. Every like 2019 is making bands kind of like, oh, this is going to be our experimental soft record. 2019, 2020. And some 41's like, fuck you guys. We're going to rock. We're going to play riffs and just scream like oh dude it's it's one of the best records out there you got to check it out it's called order and decline like i said on hopeless it's on all the streaming sites of course i mean it's some 41 they're one of the bigger bands out there you you got to know who they are but uh congrats to the guys on the nomination for the juno for rock album of the year if you don't know what the junos are it's the canadian grammys kind of i guess i don't know if they like being you know that's what they like being called, but that's pretty much what it is. It's like a Grammy in Canada. So shout out to the boys for that. They are in Europe currently touring with Zebrahead until February 7th. The tour ends up in Stuttgart. And uh, if you guys want more details, I know I have a lot of listeners over in Europe. Go check them out. You won't be sorry. They put on the best show. They're just the tightest band. You have to go check them out. So go on over to some41.com for details and go check them out while they're still in Europe. They also just announced a bunch of dates, I think in April with The Offspring down in Australia. And I know I've got a lot of listeners in Australia, so go check that out as well. Okay, now it is time for me to tell you about my sponsors. Well, I have two sponsors today. Black Cat Manor, the band that sponsored this episode. I got to say, man, they have a special place in my heart. I listen to their music all the time. I talk to Christopher, their singer, all the time. Every time I do an episode, the next morning he emails me to give me critiques and what he liked, what he didn't like, and uh, he really helps. He really helps me figure out the show, man. So I want to say thank you so much. I love Black Hat Manor. Check them out, blackhatmanorband.com. And also, Permanence Tattoo Gallery. Jacob Harrison, past guest of the show and one of my good buddies, uh, he owns the place, and it's a great tattoo shop. And if you guys are in central Indiana, head on over to Anderson, Indiana, Meridian Street, downtown, and go to Permanence Tattoo Gallery. Shout out to all the fine folks at Permanence. You can check them out on all of the socials at Permanence Tattoo Gallery. If you guys want to help the show out, the easiest way to do that is to leave us a review and rate us, preferably five stars, wherever you listen. Make sure to hit that subscribe button or the follow button on on, on uh, Spotify or whatever you do. There's some button somewhere where you check it and you follow the podcast. That really helps us out. If you want to really help us out, you got to get on the Patreon train. Patreon is this really cool kind of community where you can actually... It's kind of subscription-based, I guess. You pay a certain amount per month to help creators create. And we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash TOTOT podcast. There's a couple different tiers on there. If you, you know, really, really cheap tiers per month or even up to $25 a month. That is our producer tier. We have two producers. I want to give them a shout out. Bob Foster from Hemet, California, and John Exton from Stafford, England. Thank you guys so much for being Patreon producers. And you guys out there, if you want to help out, check it out. Patreon.com forward slash TOTOT podcast and get on the Patreon train. Okay, the only other thing I want to talk about before I do my little top five segment, which I haven't done for a while, is um, I've had a Facebook group for the podcast for quite a while I've never really 
done anything on there. I've just kept inviting people and it kept growing and growing. I'm like, well, I should probably do something. And then I realized like a bunch of the groups that I'm in, people get on there and it's a community and you bounce ideas and you talk and blah, 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 blah. And I had never done that. I guess I'm just a dumbass. I really don't know why. So I had all these people on there that were a part of it. So I thought, you know, I'm going to start posting funny, cool things. And I'm like, make me choose between two bands and let's do the alphabet game with bands. And it's crazy. You post something and like two minutes later, there's 80 comments. So I'm going to be being very, very active in the Facebook group. It's a lot of fun. And thank you guys so much for being a part of the Facebook group. If you guys want to join the Facebook group and talk to some really cool people that like the show, just like you, since you are listening, go on over to facebook.com forward slash TOTOT podcast and join the Facebook group. And also anywhere else on the internet, it's TOTOTpodcast.com. You can get all the links for all the listening and all of the socials, or just search for that one time on tour. I don't need to tell you guys how to use social media. It's fairly easy. So thanks a lot. Check out the Facebook group. It's been a lot of fun so far, and I think it's going to keep going. So I do have a top five segment this week. We haven't done a top five segment segment since like September or October. Um, I had this really cool guy, listener, Marcelo, all the way from Brazil. He emailed me and he said, I got a top five list for you, Chris. And I said, okay, man, let's do the top five list. So his top five list is top five bands not from America or Canada. And he kind of put North America, I think, on there too. So maybe Mexico is, I'm just going to take Mexico off my list. So the top five bands, not from America or Canada, we'll just say North America. So uh, Marcelo's number five, and I'm not sure if he meant five to be the best or one to be the best. So I'm going to go from five to one. So forgive me if uh, I went in the wrong order, Marcelo. But number five, he's got Dead Fish from Brazil. I've got to say, I'm not familiar with Dead Fish, but I I like the name. It's pretty cool. And uh, I love Brazil. It's one of my favorite places in the entire world. So I'm going to check out Dead Fish. And some of you people out there are like, oh, Dead Fish is amazing. How do you not know them? But uh, I don't know. I'm sleeping on Dead Fish, man. I got to check them out. So number four, Marcelo has no fun at all. And they are from Sweden. I love no fun at all. That's a band I haven't slept on. I love that band. And uh, it looks like Marcelo does as well. So very nice choice, Marcelo. I want to try to get somebody from No Fun at All on the program in the future. So so shout out to those guys if they're listening. Uh, number three, Marcelo has Northern 19 all the way from Japan. Now, uh, I have not heard of Northern 19, but so far Marcelo's picking some good bands. So I need to check them out. Uh, Northern 19 from Japan. Number two, Useless ID, all the way from Israel. I love Useless ID. They're on my list as well. I just had uh, Yo Tom from Useless ID on the program a couple weeks back. So make sure to go check that out if you have not yet. But yes, Useless ID, I mean, I've been listening to them forever. Like, I wasn't in the Ataris when they did the split CD with the Ataris, but uh, I love it and I've listened to it a million times. And uh, I. Yo, Tom's a great guy, and that band is killer, man. So, yeah, Useless ID, nice choice, Marcelo. Number one, Marcelo has the Satanic Surfers all the way from Sweden. Second band on Marcelo's list that came from Sweden. And I've got to say, Satanic Surfers, I've been listening to those guys since high school. I love the Satanic Surfers. And uh, you can't get a better band, man. I love the... 
I love the melodies and the guitar work is so crazy. Sometimes I wish some of the records were produced a little bit better. It's got some of that kind of, you know, raw production. It wasn't quite as slick as some of the other stuff on Epitaph, but I love the band. I've seen them live as well. I can't remember exactly what year it was, but it was really, really great. So uh, yeah, Satanic Surfers number one. So once again, Marcelo's list, Dead Fish from Brazil at number five, No Fun at All from Sweden at number four, Northern 19 from Japan at number three, Useless ID from Israel at number two, and Satanic Surfers from Sweden at number one. Wonderful list, Marcelo. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you for sending me your top five list. Now I'm going to give you my top five list, and this is right off the top of my head. I don't know the order is going to be great, but this is what it is. So here we go. Number five, there's a band that I really got deep into when we toured in South Africa. We actually played some shows with them. Uh, they're very, very cool. Kind of reminded me of uh, kind of Pink Floydy mixed with like a modern kind of indie, emo-y I don't know, post-rock. <laughs> they were just a really cool band. Like one of the songs, they had like a saxophone solo and and all kinds of weird stuff. And they sang in Afrikaans and in that language. And uh, they're called Photo Nadans, F-O-T-O-N-A-D-A-N-S. I think they're really big in South Africa. I'm not sure if they're big anywhere else, but man, we played some shows with them and it was wonderful. And they're, they're, they're such a good band. They're just killer. We ended up, uh, our tour manager, Nancy, who now lives in Australia. Shout out to Nancy if you're listening. She got me all of their CDs while we were on the road with them, and I still have them. I still listen to them in my car all the time. So check out Photo Nadans, F-O-T-O-N-A-D-A-N-S from South Africa. You won't be sorry. They're awesome. Number four, Useless ID. I mean, I can't not put them on the list. I love that band. If you don't know, check them out. Useless ID from Israel and go back and listen to Yo Tom's episode just a couple weeks back and, and you can check them out. Number three, Metamorphosis, all the way from Lima, Peru. Now, there's a lot of bands out there named Metamorphosis, but this band's been around forever. And uh, my buddy Gonzalo, when I was in Peru, I was just kind of on vacation back in, I think, 2014. Me and my buddy Cole, who was in a really good band in Nashville called Square, check them out. I think they're still playing. But uh, me and Cole were just in Lima kind of chilling, you know, on a little holiday and um, hanging out with Gonzalo. And <laughs> he wanted to give me his band's record. And I, for some, because we went to this like show and then I don't know if they were playing or they were supposed to play, but they didn't play. I'm not sure. I can't remember the exact thing. But uh, I left early. I couldn't find Mar I couldn't find Gonzalo to say to say goodbye to him. And um, we got back to our little Airbnb apartment in the middle of Lima. And there was like a guy at the guard shack that had to let us in, you know. And he's like, is your name Chris? I'm like, yeah, sorry, that's not a good like person from Lima, like <laughs> accent, I'm sorry. But he goes, is your name Chris? And I said, yeah, my name's Chris. He goes, I have something for you. And I, it was like three in the morning in Lima, Peru. I was kind of freaked out. And he like hands me a record. <laughs> Gonzalo like had gotten to like I left didn't get to say bye to him and somehow he took a cab or a car he drove or I don't even know how he got there because it was on the other side of town but he got back to where we were staying before we did and gave the guard at the guard shack his record and wrote a really nice note to me and I, I got the record and I got to bring it home with me in my suitcase and it didn't get messed up I was really worried it was going to get messed up on the plane but 
That's not a great story, but it's a cool story. So Metamorphosis all the way from Lima, Peru. Check them out. They're pretty heavy. They're pretty intense. I think you guys will like them. And shout out to Gonzalo Lopez, my buddy down there in Lima. I think he might be in Miami or somewhere now, but he was in Lima back in 2014. So check it out. Number two, I'm going to go ahead and go with Talking Props from Santiago, Chile. I love Talking Props. They've they've sponsored a few episodes, and that's the really cool thing. These bands sponsor episodes, and I find myself listening to their stuff. Like there's a band that sponsored an episode that's not out yet called Nowhere Fast, and I swear I've listened to their record 80 times since they sponsored the episode, and their episode's not even out yet. Like I'm finding bands that I love through this podcast, and that's a really cool thing too. And that's what happened with Talking Props all the way from Santiago. I love them. They're amazing. You got to check them out. They're on all the streaming sites. Talking Props from Santiago, Chile. Number one, it's not going to surprise anybody. Paper Arms from Australia. Josh has been on the program before. I've made no qualms about how much I love Paper Arms. I love all their records. And uh, you can't get a better group of dudes, and you cannot get a better band. They're so great. I love them. Josh has a solo record coming out soon, and I'm I'm like a kid in a candy store, man. I can't wait. I want to hear it so bad. And uh, we're going to get him back on the program when it comes out so we can talk about it. But that is my list. So thank you, Marcelo. Once again, my list is number five, Photo Nadans from South Africa. Useless ID at number four from Israel. Number three, Metamorphosis from Lima, Peru. Number two, Talking Props from Santiago, Chile. And number one, Paper Arms all the way from Down Under in Australia. So thank you once again, Marcelo, for the list. If you have a top five list and you want me to read it on the show, hit me up, Podcast at gmail.com, and we will take care of it. So this is a long intro, but they're all long. I like talking. It's fun. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. But you came here to hear me talk to Dave, and you're going to get to hear it. We're going to jump into my conversation with Dave Brownstown from Sum 41. It was so much fun. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it because I enjoyed it. This is one of my favorite episodes to date. So without further ado, here it is, my conversation with Dave Brownstown from Sum 41. Here we go. So I'm sitting here on some awesome furniture in the, the back of the Clyde Theater in Fort Wayne, Indiana with Dave from Sum 41. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I, we have never been here and it's I'm like, I'm really wondering why. Because everything is so new and yeah. crazy good here. I just had some great Mexican at uh, yeah. La Fuata or it, like, yeah. I mean, Fort Wayne is kind of a weird market. Like, I, I live in Indiana. I'm born and raised here. I've mm-hmm. lived down on the West Coast. I've lived different places. But as far as Fort Wayne goes, there used to only be the Coliseum. And that oh, was whoa. like Metallica played there, you know? Yeah, okay. So this place is fairly new. I just moved back from, like, Florida, Alabama coast area, like, two years ago. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've been here. No way. Yeah, so I didn't. I mean, when you guys were playing here, I got a hold of your publicist. I'm like, hey, let's set up an interview. And I didn't even know about this place. <laughs> so the person who was booking Metallica was like, hey, maybe we can make a venue that's less than 30,000 people. That's probably, yeah. All right, cool. What happened? I mean, you know, I know you like Metallica. We're going to talk about that. For sure. You and I yeah. have something in common you might not know about. 
my friend uh, and fellow Hoosier Ryan J. Downey that yeah. does Speak and Destroy. Yeah. We've both been guests on his podcast. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I man. actually listened to uh, to your episode on the way, on the drive here, just because I wanted to kind of, you know, do a little bit of research, some audio research. <laughs> ah, okay, okay, nice, nice. So hopefully I don't repeat any of the questions or anything. Ah, uh, we'll see, we'll see. I won't remember anyway. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, you know, first off, Dave, thank you for so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. And how is this tour going, man? I know it's like, you know, holidays are coming up. It's probably, I remember when I was touring, you always kind of cut it really close to when you would go yeah. back home, right? Yeah, usually we have a good like two weeks before, but uh, Derek and Ari are dropping a baby Okay. In uh, in February, so I mean, we want to get as much as we can out of this cycle um, before uh, we kind of like put the brakes on to get some baby time and, <laughs> and be at home. So we're we're up until the twenty third this year. Okay. And um, this tour has been been great because you know we hit places like Florida, Orlando, which just like every time we go there, it's it's one of the best places. Yeah. And and uh, it was again you remember where you guys played there was it like I mean, it was house of blues on this okay. tour and uh probably one of the first times i think it would have been you play the social before i don't know i know i I've, think that's a little smaller than the house of blues i know i've played um one in downtown orlando where the uh the vagabonds go and hang out okay because we were loading out and uh they were just running wild yeah, and we were like, "Oh man, this is uh, this is hairy. This is gonna be it's gonna be a weird loadout." And sure enough, like you you know you had guys doing the uh, the Sieg Heil, really, and our poor drummer Ari in in the band I was tr- touring with, uh, Black Cat Attack, grew up Jewish, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just sitting there like, "I am going to get the piss kicked out of me tonight." <laughs> It's weird that I mean, of course, that stuff is horrible, but there's these little pockets of the United States. Where that stuff is fairly common. Oh, dude, pockets all over the world. Yeah, pockets all over the world. That, that I mean, it, who doesn't want to be a part of a family? Yeah, but at the same time, who believes some of that? It's horrible, hateful shit. Yeah. It's 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 not what I've subscribed to at all. That's yeah. that's good, man. <laughs> But I mean, if you really take a look at where people are coming from joining these things, um, the allure of belonging to something. It is that family vibe. I'm sure they all come from broken homes and they probably are, you know, on, on the, under the poverty level and they're yeah. just trying to find something to belong to. But you, you still have to have the strength to be like... Yeah, you still got to be positive and yeah, not exactly. be negative and yeah, have the hate, a, you know? Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So uh, what I would like to talk about, the new record, first and foremost, we're going to touch a couple things here. I'm not going to take up too much of your time, but the new record, Order in Decline, I mean, it's one of the, from all the records, it's so aggressive. Yeah. There's so much of that metal influence, which is what, you know, back in the day when I heard you guys for the first time, I mean, I love the singles, the pop stuff, it's great, but those, the songs that had the riffs. Yeah. Like, that's what got me going. So when I listen to this new record, it's got it, man. Well, I, man, I think just uh, it's it's a combination of um you know, one like our main songwriter Derek, yeah, going to tons of metal concerts. Yeah. You know, just going to like Talica, just like Aerosmith, like going to see all these amazing big acts and you know, acts like Depeche Mode and stuff like that. And um, you know, the five of us getting back together 
I think just the chemistry between, you know, all of us, uh, Zumo and I being like kind of like the latest additions to the band. Yeah. It just, that was the natural progression because there's never been a time where I've noticed Derek being like, I'm going to write a song like this. I'm going to write a song like this. It's always like, yeah, this is what came out. Yeah. So, I mean, we had about, uh, I think about 12 or 15 to learn uh, the basic demos. And we just, we went in together in a room for the first time in a long time and just hashed everything out and, and came up with this record. And what I've read about the record is that Derek produced it, did a lot of it or most of it or all of it at his studio. How does that work? Is he sending you stems? What is he doing as far as like... That's exactly how it works. So I basically, one of the most original recording experiences I've ever had. Okay. You know what I mean? It was like he just sent me the session. Because is there a producer or is he like the He's producer? He's the producer, yeah. Okay. And it's like, it's so instead of having to let in this other entity, you're just talking to your best friend. Yeah. So you can be frank and honest with each other. And like, of course, you're not going to be like, yo, that's shit. Well, you might you know be if I mean? it's yeah. your best friend, right? <laughs> but at the same time, we just don't have that relationship, right? Yeah. We always like, we, we don't tiptoe around each other, but we always take the time to to give the message with love and be like, okay, well, listen, man, I know you can do a lot better than this. Yeah. And, or, hey, I've kind of pictured something sounding like this. And he's great with input like that. So he would just be like, I need a lead here. I need a riff here. And, and I just, so he's sending you kind of like roughs of the complete song. Yeah, totally. And then you're yeah. just adding your own flavor, solos here, riffs here, harmonies, yeah, whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. So and then and then Tom and I got to to track our our rhythms and stuff like that okay. for the uh for the record too and it's like man, you just you wake up, roll out of bed, make some coffee, go down in the studio and track. And when you're like are you you're still in Canada, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Derek's in like LA or somewhere? Yeah, totally. So when he's sending you this stuff, you're going down. Are you using Logic or using Pro Tools? Oh, I'm, dude. I'm on. I'm on Pro Tools ten. Ten's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> it's the best one. I hate <laughs> the updates, man. You know what? We could just be cranky old men, though. <laughs> you know, just crank. Well, it would be cranky old nerdy men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I loved. I still love operating off a of ten. It sounds great, and yeah. So you're just like sending him DIs, and then he's. Yeah, yeah. Doing so stuff. I'll I'll send him um, a DI and an affected track as well. Okay. And then he'll most likely just reamp the DI through uh, amps that he's got at his house. Yeah. Because I think he has every amp ever made <laughs> in awesome. history. So yeah. yeah. Is he? Do you know if he's using any like amp sims? Any kind of like? I don't think there's any amp sims. Um, not on any main sounds, but maybe for something maybe where layers. it was like a demo tone that just didn't need to change. Yeah. yeah so. That's cool. So you're just like doing, you know, what's your process? Is it like a song every couple of days or are you like, do you no. sit and digest it for a while and come up with like what you think is going to be good to do on the song? Oh, dude, I'm glad you asked me and not my fiance because when I get something put in front of me yeah. that I have to do, I will not stop until it's done. Like I physically have to separate myself from a project <laughs> and take a break and go see outside because I will sit there and just go over and over and over again. There was one part, it's a break in uh, the new sensation off of Order and Decline. It took me about three days to nail the feel of the riff. Okay. And, dude, 
I went through hell. I was like, oh, maybe I should try not eating. <laughs> maybe I should try smoking some of this pot. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try smoking pot. Right? Let's see if, if this works. I'll try it drunk. No, something's not just not hitting it right. And, you know, of course, like, maybe I, I got the feel, yeah. you know, like, maybe the first of the three days that I tried to hit it, but... <laughs> You know? How are you at self-editing? Like if you're you're sending him back these, you know, these DI tracks and, yeah. and then the affected track, are you like super anal about it? Like, or do you like, ah, that's good enough and send it to him? No, no, no. I I just send him, I usually try to get everything in one take. Okay. Unless there's some, some, uh, some tuning issues. And by one take, I don't mean like first pass. I mean, like I try to get everything in one solid take that, uh, wow. that needs to be done for that section so he can edit and break and do whatever he wants because if i make an edit and there's something there if that he re-edits sometimes yeah the right crossfade or whatever can yeah be if weird. you edit it too hard and it gets put through a compressor or a gate it can make yeah. that sucking sound and yeah did you n- notice like a time change i mean it seems like it was kind of stress-free recording you're not really on a time crunch but did did it go quicker or slower than like a traditional studio, like going in all together? For me, it went more quickly because I could stay in the groove, right? So like you don't have to track two songs and then wait for the next song to come in. Yeah. It was just like all songs were there. Next batch comes in. Next batch comes in. It's just like go, 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 go. And I prefer to work like that, to be honest, to just have the work loaded up and I just keep going and stay hot, you know? So you mentioned before that, you know, you guys were like the new guys, but you're not really the new guy. No, no. I, I, I know, like, I know, but yeah, that's what yeah, I yeah. want to talk about. I wanted yeah. to talk about a little bit when uh, when you left mm-hmm. the group, was it like 06? It was like 06. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I think it was around June 06 officially that we put it out. What was, I mean, you guys seem like you get along great. Seem like you always have. You're good yeah. friends. Was it just a thing of wanting to try new things. I knew you did the Brown Brigade record. Yeah. What was that what it was just kind of like a restlessness of wanting to try new stuff? Brown Brigade of course, um I wanted it to be successful. Yeah. But at the same time I knew I had to get home because I needed to see my family. Yeah. My sister was going through a really rough time at that point in her life. My parents were going through a rough patch. And my marriage, we were I was on the road for like be sometimes like 200, 250 days a year. I've been there. That's why right? I'm on my second marriage right now. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, me too. Me too. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. But um, we we were starting to grow apart, and I just needed to get home. Yeah. And I knew that our connection to music would always last. Um, but I did cite that it was like creative differences, right? Yeah. Because if you say things like, hey, my family's fucked up, then all of a sudden the lens gets shone on your family and that's not going to help anything. Right? When I left the Ataris, like all the websites, I mean, because we stayed friends. I, I talked yeah. to Chris this morning. We were talking about Metallica this morning. Nice, nice. But uh, yeah, on all the sites like Absolute Punk and all this stuff, it's like Chris Swinney leaves the Ataris due to family problems. Oh, jeez. And it wasn't that. It was just the same kind of like, I miss my dog. I miss my wife. I yeah. miss my parents. <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel like having, you know, the... The local newspaper, yeah, you know, take a guess at what's going on with my my parents and my and sister. I guess if you right? say creative differences, it's just like, oh well, that, that shit happens. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, Everybody's like, oh, creative differences. All right, and then yeah. So I, but I mean, when you're home, like 
or when I'm home, sorry, I don't mean to put this on you. It's but when I'm home, like I, I just, I need that musical void filled. I mean, that's right? why I started this podcast because I have toddlers now. Yeah, I can't tour anymore, really, because I like like that. I want to be with my kids. Exactly. I did exactly. this to feel relevant and kind of connect with the scene again and talk to people like you. Yeah. About what I love, which is independent music, mainstream music, whatever, just music in general, and being yeah. on the road, the industry. And it it's easy for someone listening maybe to get confused with the fact that you get uh you have to fill the void lifestyle wise but it's yeah. more just this is something we've been doing since we were it's teenagers. hard to just cut it out of your life yeah, exactly yeah exactly so yeah so uh in the interim you know between when you left and then you came back in 2015 mm-hmm. nine years what what was that itch was it just were you talking to the guys again well, I always sent messages where I'd just be like, hey, man, tell the guys I love them, this and that. Um, we weren't really speaking, yeah, which was kind of hard for me because um, the way that my leaving was uh, translated to them, I'm guessing was kind of rough. And then um, was there when you left, was there like a big band meeting or it, it just kind of happened? No, no. I just phoned Derek. I was like, no, man, I, I don't think I can do this. Like, I really don't think yeah. that I can do this. And then um, all of a sudden I did a couple interviews that had uh, that had come to light saying that I didn't like the direction the band was going in because of musical differences. Yeah. Right. Of course. But uh, unfortunately, like put yourself in their position you're reading that from somebody that you love and you thought was going home because of their family. But you're hearing something else. And you're all of a sudden hearing something else in the media. And, you know, at that point, we were all so high and so drunk (laughs) that there was no like, hey, man, is this for real? Like just calling each other on the phone and... and What, the DVD on Does This Look Infected or even like the the first record or whatever. Some of the stuff, it was like jackass. Oh, dude. (laughs) It was amazing. That's why every time we met up with those guys, we all got along so well. I had Wee Man on the show and it was one of my favorite... Oh, dude. Interviews I've ever done in my entire those life. Guys, those guys are awesome, man. Yeah, they're awesome. And that's the thing, like, when I, I I mean, you and I are super close, I think, in age. How old are you? Uh, 39. 39. I'm 41. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So I'm 41. Sweet. Pun intended. Yeah. But uh, the thing was, when you guys started really kind of coming to the forefront and, you know, people, you were on MTV and you were doing yeah. all this stuff, for me, it was kind of cool because I'm like... Well, for one thing, I remember the first time I saw you guys on MTV, it was around when, like, kind of, it was that second wave after Offspring and, and Green Day and all that, and, like, yeah. punk started kind of coming out again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I heard you guys, and I'd heard of you before all that, because I used to tour so much in Canada with the guys, sewing with Nancy, That's and right. it became yeah. the yeah. reason. And so I'd heard the name a lot, and I'd heard some of the, like, I think the EP or whatever. Yeah. And then when I saw you guys, like, gaining this recognition... It made me feel really good because not only are you guys amazing players, like I'm a guitarist, I watch you play. Oh, that, thanks, man. My favorite thing Thank in the you. world, man. Thank you. But uh, just the fact that like you were close to my age, you were doing music similar to what I was doing, and yeah. people were paying attention, man. Like it was great. Oh man, I still I still get that feeling with with new punk rock bands. Yeah. Because we were doing it, and they're kind of going through the same kind of scorn that we all had to it's go through. It's kind of circled back around. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's there's no TRL now. Yeah, <laughs> well, right? there is. I just think it's bullshit. Probably, but there's no Carson Daly on there. No, no. 
poor Carson. I miss, I miss that guy. That guy, that guy was actually a voice? good man. No, I, I don't watch The he's Voice. He's the host on there. He's doing fine. Don't worry too much about it. <laughs> ah, but if he's hosting The Voice, I would still say poor Carson. Probably. Yeah, not, but... Yeah. You know, he's, a, he's a nice dude. I know you've yeah, met him before. Yeah, he's know. a good cat for sure. I don't think he listens, but maybe yeah. he will to this one. Who knows? <laughs> so uh, when you came back into the band, what was the climate like? Like, were they totally open to it? I know they... Yeah. They had they didn't really replace you. I mean, they did with a touring the guy from Gob. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm, like I'm a, sorry, I don't remember his name. Oh, it's, dude, it's Tom. Tom, Tom Thacker. And I, yeah, and I love yeah. Gob. I'm just I don't know, dude. Theo we, and I are friends on Facebook. <laughs> oh man, we used to fight all the local bands. We used to fight over who got to play with Gob They're when they so would good. come to the Chameleon and Ajax. Right? We'd always lose because yeah. our buddies were the ones booking them. But uh, our buddies now, but our arch nemesis back then yeah but uh, it was a band called closet monster that, I that would always be a monster yeah man. i saw him in oshawa i think i think i saw him at uh in london at call the office yeah dude yeah absolutely dude, I, yeah you don't understand that's like my second home i used to okay you know the guys in the reason right yeah absolutely Do you know cubby yeah of course okay yeah. james Nealon, cubby i told this on the podcast many times but we had this tour where we went all the way out to bc yeah then all the way out to the maritimes yeah but in between it we had like two weeks of nothing so i stayed at cubby's dad's house because i was from america i had nowhere to go i had like nothing back home dude what is cubby's dad like he's amazing and he yeah. made me bison burgers on the grill every day and of we drank course. we drank molson and just hang out and he was telling me how much he likes american beer and i'm like i kind of like molson <laughs> Dude, of course that's where cubby comes from oh he's amazing the best, man the best guy yeah. ever but that's i mean that whole area i just yeah. feel this this love for because i spent so much time in dundas and hamilton and just oh dude all over man the reason uh when i was playing in in organ thieves um the reason took such good care of us and then uh, when Jer went on to do Monster Truck, Monster Truck even had Organ Thieves come out and and Isn't play it as well. Crazy how great Monster Truck, like how they just blew up. It's unbelievable. And uh, I used to play with Steve, the drummer. Yeah. Um. In uh, he would play in a band called Gen Militia, and uh, Brown Brigade would go and play with them. And I remember uh, being at a party at their place. And uh, we were upstairs. It was me, the singer, Mike Danger, the screamer, Steve Halla. And we were all just kind of like jamming licks on guitar. And I remember I had just hit this thing that they were like, yo, this is a Dutch tulip. And I was like, what's a Dutch tulip? They're like, it is like the craziest joint you'll ever smoke in your entire life. They pull it out. It looks like the arrowhead that, that Rambo screws onto his bow before yeah. he blows up. <laughs> <laughs> the Russian army, right? <laughs> so they light this thing up. I hit it. I go upstairs, and they're like, we're like jamming licks back and forth, and just something hit me, a paranoia so <laughs> deep and so unwavering yeah. that I was like, I had the guitar in my hand. I'm like, here. I just gave it back to Mike Danger and he grabs and just kind of like, what is, he just gave me this confused look and, yeah. and I'm like, I gotta go, man. I gotta go. We are in London, Ontario. We gotta drive back to Toronto, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, dudes, we gotta go. We gotta go, right? Everybody's like, what? Yeah, we're, we're partying. We're having some fun. I'm like, yo, man, we gotta go, right? So we literally, two in the morning, 
Dutch tuliped up, just fucking just Dutch tuliped up. the fuck home because there was no staying there. I don't know what happened to me, man. But well, I they got said it was hit. like the craziest joint you'd ever smoked, right? Yeah, but I, I don't even remember being like that dude that was like, yeah, I fucking kiddies, I smoke hard. Like, I just hit well, it. Well, dude, like, I thought that I smoked some weed when I was young yeah. until I started touring with The Reason. Oh, dude. Dude, yeah. I mean, we're like, uh, I remember this one time we were driving to Thunder Bay, and you know the drive to Thunder Bay. There's nothing up there. Yep. We we saw, like, there was a moose on the side of the road. Like, I mean... It, I'm I'm from here. Yeah. Like the biggest thing we have is like a bobcat and a deer. Like there's nothing that yeah, can yeah, kill yeah. you like a moose. And I remember seeing that. We were peeing one one time on the side of the road and there's a moose right next to us. I was so freaked out. Yeah. But then like just driving three o'clock in the morning on the way to Thunder Bay and everyone in the van except me is like smoking their own joint. <laughs> oh, dude, that was that was Brown Brigade. Oh, that's crazy. I we showed up um, a guy that uh, used to work. I think it's St. Catherine's studio in Hamilton. Okay. Um, he showed up and he was just like, oh, you guys smoking joint? Like <laughs> just made the S noise. We we're like, yeah, man, we're all just. And then we were like. Ah, we were dumb on that tour, but you know it was a good time. <laughs> well, I have I have a couple of listener questions. I usually save them for the end, but it kind of goes along with that. Yeah. Uh, let me see. What is his name? I mean, we can keep going. I don't see Scotty anywhere, so yeah. okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've still got a couple minutes here. Yeah. Uh, Jarrett from Saskatoon wants to know: Will there be another Brown Brigade record? Ah, uh, it depends. It depends. Like uh, Vaughn and I, we just we just kind of get together and yeah. hang out. You know what I mean? I'm gone so much on the road that there's i don't know we're not really doing any writing so if there is do you ever ride on the road like do you have a little setup kind of like this kind of setup i'm more of a riff writer riff yeah writer. like That's songs melodies too. stuff like that with with brown brigade i kind of got um put into the position of like okay well we're not going to find a singer so you might as well sing yeah so then i sang and i was like the whole time i was never really cool with it i like playing my guitar yeah like kind of essentially I, I compare it to like going underwater and holding your breath for that entire performance of that song and then all of a sudden it's over you come out of that trance i love being in that state That's right awesome, so man. and vocals kind of take me out of that state so yeah, like, i always feel like i mean i can play and sing at the same time my wife yeah. always tries to get me to do that but i like to concentrate on the guitar and that's yeah. my main thing. Singing is something I do extra. Yeah, exactly. You know? I think it, it mainly comes from being a teenager and yeah. kind of using that feeling uh, like almost as a way to like forget what was going on during the day, like yeah. coming up in Ajax. You know what I mean? I mean, it, 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 don't get me wrong. We weren't uh, like there was food on the table. Yeah. My parents were really good to me, you know, so there was nothing that in that sense. It's just we kind of grew up around a, a very heavy Nazi skin element around really? around my neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. And and it was kind of basically my family and a few other brown families that kind of lived in our section of Ajax. And all of us were kind of dealing with that, that type of shit every Did day. Did they give so. you like a lot of shit yeah, oh, yeah. growing up? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it, was, it was not, it wasn't as bad as say the generation before us. Yeah. But, you know, any kind of, time when you're you know you're ordering coffee with your friend from high school and some grown man is saying something like you know these you know expletives taking all our white women really yeah totally 
Dude, like seriously, that old stuff man. freaks me out, man. Like I honestly, I was raised a certain way, and until I was probably in high school, didn't even know racism was like a thing. Well, nobody, <laughs> nobody knows until you know. Nobody really knows what it is until somebody explains it to you. Yeah, like for a while, like when I, I would say maybe like young, like before double digits, I just thought that's what it was. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was like, oh, hmm. I wonder why that guy keeps on telling me I smell like curry, this and that. Like, <sighs> yeah, right. So it's to a just, little fucking kid, too, yeah, man. for sure, like, for sure, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And living down here, you get. I mean, I've spent so much time in Canada, but you get that false sense like all Canadians are super nice. Oh well, man, hey. they're not. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. I I would I would still say it, it borders on the the uh, the the better side of of. Uh, like I, I think that there's more people out there these days that recognize that that kind of behavior is yeah, it's bullshit, and Total there's bullshit. there's no there's no gain in involved in it. Have you experienced any of that on tour? Oh yeah, anywhere? Yeah, dude, I was in uh, I was in Montana. One okay, this was like one of the most up and down days ever. So I was in um, Montana, and we were on a day off. Nice hotel, everything, and uh, it was my turn to uh, to score some pot. It seems like this entire thing is about pot. <laughs> and I know I haven't smoked but, in like ten years. <laughs> yeah, we can totally yeah, talk yeah. about weed all you I want. I haven't smoked in a long, long time too. Weren't you but, on the End of the Weeds podcast too? Yeah, yeah, with Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Ephraim from Death by Stereo is a buddy of mine. He does. Oh, stuff nice. On yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They had me on. Um, but uh, so we were we were in Montana. And uh, so it's my turn to score. So I, uh, I'm going to go get some food first. I right? like how democratic it is. I was like, today's yeah. your turn. <laughs> today's your turn, Dave. Go. Your turn to jeopardize your touring life. Yeah. <laughs> so pick Montana yeah. for it to be your <laughs> <Right>? turn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I, I can't find anything around. This is like the, the before Google Maps. So okay. what you see out of your hotel is what you get. That's what's there, yeah. Right? So I go to Taco Bell. On the way to Taco Bell, some dude comes up to me in, a, in an alley and he's just like, Hey man, I'm like, what's up, man? And I, I'm just sitting there. I got a little bit of change. I'm like, okay, all right. I'll just wait. Before, I'll wait till he asks because I don't want to insult anybody, yeah. right? So, but he's like, yo, man, are you, you got any glue? I'm like, glue, glue. Just walking around the street with glue. Is that what goes on here? <laughs> right? so, I'm addicted to crafting. Yeah, man. I just I got this <laughs> scrapbook. I just need some glue. Do you Hobby got some? Lobby's clothes, right? <laughs> So I'm like, nah, man, sorry, I don't have any glue. So he watches me going to Taco Bell, watches me, comes out, asks me again. He's like, yo, did you get any glue? I'm like, do you, are you like, what, glue, like glue, like sticky glue? The guy's like, yeah, man, glue. Like, I need to sniff some glue right now. I'm like, they don't have that at Taco Bell, and man. He really wanted yeah. to sniff it? Yeah. Like, I know you get, I have a sniff of glue. I thought it was like code for something. No, man. This guy was like, I want to sniff some glue. But he was like- Montana, they're behind the top. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, I don't know if there's like some sort of promo at Taco Bell that day where they're like giving out glue. Some free Elmer's if you buy but Taco. Yeah. I, did, I definitely did not get any glue. And That's I'm just, awesome. Dude, so I'm walking back to the hotel with this bag of food and uh, this truck pulls up at a stoplight and uh, I'm waiting for my turn to walk. I'm waiting for the crosswalk and uh, window rolls down. And I'm like, oh, maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody likes some 41 in Montana. <laughs> Dude leans out the window, just goes, 
go back to Africa. <laughs> and then spits on the ground in front of me. And I was like, ah. That's my favorite racism when they're not correct. There's no idea. No idea, right? Yeah. But in a way, though, he was kind of correct. Because, like, you know. <laughs> I guess we're all from Africa. Eventually, yeah. If you trace back long enough, <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah. So yeah, you can say that to anybody on yeah, the street. Yeah, it's like, man. all right, cool, man. I'll meet you there. All right. Well, I'll, but um, that day, I get back to the room. I ask the uh, concierge. I'm like, yo, man. You know, we're kind of looking for uh, a particular kind of uh, tobacco. Like, do you do you have any <laughs> left-handed tobacco? Yeah. Do you have any any <laughs> any ways of coming upon said tobacco? And the guy's like, yeah, man. Call my friend. So call his friend. His friend comes. I'm like, yo, man, what's up? I'll meet you in the market. Like, no, 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 wait. No, no. That's too crazy. I'm like, all right. He's like, what room are you in? I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, dude, I'll just meet you down in the lobby. It'll be all right. He's like, no, man, there's cameras everywhere. So I'm like, oh, dude, okay. All right. Um, What year okay. was this, too? This would have been 2002, 2003. Okay, so, like, you guys were a well-known band. We were robbable. You were robbable. Yeah, we were robbable. Yeah, we were easy. We were, yeah, we were, we were. Yeah. So this guy ends up coming up to my room because I'm like, it's my turn to score. You got to do I'm, what you got to do, know, right? I'm, I'm letting down 10 guys if I say no. Yeah. So he comes in the room and uh, we make the trade. And he's like, hey, man, you like magic? And I was like, I'm getting robbed for sure. This dude is going to. Like he is gonna do some sort of like oh abracadabra and bring out a gun and this yeah. is it. There go all my PDs that I've been saving. He goes, cause I'm a magician, and I'm like oh just getting more and more tense. My back's just getting up, and he reaches into his coat, reaches into his coat, and as I see his hand coming out. He fans out a deck of cards. Did you think it was like a gun? <laughs> Dude, I, was, I thought it for sure. I was getting robbed. And he fans out a deck of cards. He's like, pick a card. And yeah. then proceeds to do one of the best magic tricks I've ever seen in my life. And So he was legit? Yeah, like I straight up had the greatest story when I went to whoever's room we were, we were going to, to to do our thing. And yeah. And he had the hookup too, right? And he had the hookup, yeah. That's crazy, man. So And it could have been... The magician I saw in Vegas with my fiance. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Okay, so we'll get back on track. Well, like I said, we don't have a lot of time left, but I do have a couple questions, just personal questions. Yeah. For me, I teach guitar for a living. Yes. I, I've made guitar kind of, I've studied it since I was seven years old. I Music theory is my favorite thing in the entire world. Nice. Are you of that persuasion of guitarist? No. Because you seem like you are with what you play. No, 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 the no. modes and everything that you have in your solos, like, that's why I'm asking. No, everything is feel and uh, everything gets related back to an emotion or uh, almost like painting a scene. Okay. Right? So I would think that uh, my love of, like, just... I don't know, just You have a cursory like elementary yeah. knowledge of, of, of theory, though, correct? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I can... If I, I can said what notes are in a C major scale, like... I, I, I'm going to be honest. I would just be like, 
No flats, right? No flats. <laughs> no flats. There you go. There, that, there you that's go. why there, I yeah. asked. That's the one. You right? Know? So it, my, yeah, but my, my theory, like I can tell you what note I'm playing. Yeah. But as far as telling you what scale it is, what, 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 uh, what's what, no. So when you're going into like writing a solo or just mm-hmm. jamming on these new songs, what is your process for that? Are you just jamming and you know a box and then the next box or like... Well, of course, yeah, of course I have my, my security blankets that I go to. But Everybody I, has like a couple of yeah. licks that they can get to from, totally, from. Totally, yeah. totally, yeah. But I like going out of my comfort zone, and I think that's where I kind of discover notes. Yeah. So, like, I'll be like, oh, yo, um, this chord, it reminds me of some rich dude asking a chick to be in like, yo, dine with me. Yeah. And then I'll be like, that's the dine with me chord. It's just weird, weird processes like that, that get yeah. me to where I need to be in a song. That's cool, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I guess it's cool. It's, it's really frustrating for guys like, like Tom when I'm like, Oh no, no, man, hit the, hit the pine tree. Is he fairly studied? Dude, Tom is, Tom and Frank are the best technical musicians in this band. I mean, I've never seen a drummer like Frank. Oh, dude. I just watched Soundcheck and I was like, and he's not even playing at full velocity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, it it's, blows dude, my mind. It's such a good chemistry because you have two great songwriters in Conan Derek, and uh, you have two great technical guys in, um, in Frank and, and Tom. And then you just got me that's just like bumbling around being like, yo, play play the, the pine tree chord. I think that's yeah. bullshit. No, I think you got more. Man, you're, your leads, even like live, they're very precise. Well, definitely for sure. I think that kind of harkens back to when you were talking about how when you start something, yeah, you yeah, have absolutely. to fall through with it. Yeah, and I would say that the drawback to that is that um, if you put me in a room just to jam with people, I don't really like it. Yeah. Yeah, I I like going in there and I like... With a purpose. Yeah, I like nailing it. You know what I mean? I, I don't really like too much loose stuff unless, you know, we're jamming reggae or funk or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, okay, we have a little bit of time left and this is where I do want to talk about this because you and I share a love of one metal band. Yeah. Called Metallica. Of course. Of course. And it blows my mind that not only, you know, did you guys just recently do that medley... But that medley stems from the icon yeah. television show where yes. you guys were basically the entrance music for Metallica. Yeah. Can you give me any tidbits or like how was that? Did you get to meet them? So we we got called by our, our buddy uh, Jesse Ignatovich um, who uh, just for some reason um, he just gravitated towards us from uh, MTV. Okay. I think the reason was because uh, our A&R and him were like really good friends. Yeah. But um, the fact of the matter is is that he always made us feel welcome at MTV and always gave us some of the greatest opportunities in our in our careers. Yeah. This one was one of the ones where we were like where he was like he didn't even finish the sentence. Do you guys want to play the, the Metallica MTV? And we were like, yep. Yeah, if yeah, I heard Metallica, yeah, I just, yes, I don't care what yeah. it is. Oh, shine their shoes? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, Jesse. Thank you. Thank you. And then we uh, we were like, listen, we uh, we want to put together a medley of um, of songs. And so we put together a medley, and he's like, hey, uh, Metallica came back. They're not super cool with the songs you guys picked for the medley. What, what did um, you pick? Do you remember? Uh, we picked like it was like battery. You picked some like some deep cuts. Yeah, yeah, some deep cuts like battery, creeping death, like oh, yeah. a whole a whole bunch of 
songs. And we were going to do Dyer's Eve too, right? Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, they barely play that. Oh, dude. You know, they, um, they dude, came back. Real, real quick before you yeah. go on, that main riff in Dyer's Eve. Yeah. When I was young, I thought I could play it. Yeah. But I got older and realized, oh, wait, there's that extra finger changing root notes. Yeah. I mean, I can play it now, but I had no idea. When you Have you noticed that when you were maybe like in high school playing Master of Puppets? Oh, dude. You thought you were great, and then you get older and you realize, oh, wait, there's all these little nuances and things that you didn't know were there. And once dude. you learn them, then it sounds exactly like the song. That's the whole... The whole Rust in Peace record. Oh yeah, rhythmically, like there's so many things he's doing there that that uh, you you don't realize. And then Master of Puppets is another record like that. And then another one would be uh, Symbolic by Death. Oh yeah. yeah, those were the ones that heavy heavy rotation as far as guitar playing. Was that me. something that you were really kind of zeroing in on when you were putting the medley together, knowing that they're gonna hear it? Yeah, for sure, for sure. That and, would freak me out so bad. It was, cr- it's crazy, right? Because like, um, they called back and they were like, "No, we don't like that medley." And then we were like, "Fuck, we're not going to get this. It's like it's going to go to somebody else." And then all of a sudden, Jesse calls us and he's and he's like, "They want you to do these three songs," and we're like, "Okay, I guess so." Like, if okay, bells, sandman, bells, and puppets. sandman, puppets. Okay, right. all right, that's cool, and. We're like, why? They're like, oh, because they're going to walk out while you're playing it. And we were like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so it so went from being really bad to, oh, my God. Yeah, it went to like, okay, now the pressure's on, right? Yeah. So we put together this medley, uh, kind of tracked it in sound check, sent it off to them. And they were like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. So we just started practicing it. And all of a sudden, the dress rehearsal day comes. And we're there. We play it. Metallica is watching us play it. Yeah. And we're like They're watching you play. Yeah, they're watching us play How it. How does right? that feel cuz dude, I've I've listened to some interviews from you. Yeah. I've read a bunch of stuff. I admire you as a person, as a musician, everything. I know how much you like them like, like I like them. Yeah, of course. Of course. When you walk in and you're like, oh man, ready to do this medley. Who's here? Oh, Metallica's, oh, Metallica's watching here. us. Okay. All right. Okay. What yeah, is it, that feeling like? Is there anxiety? Is there Man, it was so exciting. Yeah. That all anxiety kind of goes out of the room. Those guys don't carry a vibe of like don't fuck up. Don't do this. Don't yeah. do that. We always like we always grew up feeling like Metallica was an approachable band, right? And dude, I met those guys twice. And dude, it was they say don't meet your heroes, and I was so worried about that. No, man, could not have made them more my heroes. Yes, by good how human they beings, acted man. To me, yeah, exactly, because they know what it's like to be fans yeah. of music, and they that's how they make our experience when we meet them. So when we went out on stage, it was like, it was kind of like you were playing in front of people that were excited to see you play their music. Yeah. And that's the vibe they gave off. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? And so we played it and uh, I went down and uh, I was sitting there and I, I was hearing playback and all of a sudden this guy, huge man pulls up beside me and he's like, Thought it was us for a second, right? And I was like, I look up and I'm like, oh, shit, James, what's up, man? He's like, yeah, I thought it was us. Then I heard the solo was played right, so I knew it couldn't be us. 
<laughs> so it's that kind of experience, oh, right? With those guys where it's like, okay, all right, all right. That's just, yeah. that just blows my mind, man. Because yeah. like I said, I met him, but it was like at a festival in passing. Yo, dude. But the fact of like just getting to play their songs in front yes. of them. It's amazing. Like it, it's an experience that you would think would be uh, nerve wracking, but yeah. I think it was more nerve wracking to play in front of Metallica fans. Oh yeah, than it was in front of the actual guys in Metallica because of how they, how the temperature of the room. I mean, you've, you've heard the stories back in the day of them, of them playing clubs and like people would just turn around to the support band and flip them off. Like, oh dude, it's still like that. Oh yeah, if you're like a super fan. I mean, you don't want anything else, dude. One guy before before we played. I'm sure Limp Biscuit got a dude. lot of shit that night. Oh, dude. Oh, <laughs> Sanitarium was not good. I'm sorry. A lot of people got a lot of shit, and um, Snoop Dogg doing sad but oh. true. <laughs> there was a couple bands that had to like restart yeah. because it was too fast. Oh, like during the thing, yeah, and then had they to have straps lifted up. And stuff shit. Like that. But, and bands that can play. You know what I mean? Like bands that are really, really good. I thought, I mean, when I heard that Korn was going to do a song, like, oh, it might be pretty cool. And then, yeah. Ah, uh, you know. It's, Those guys are great dudes. Like, no offense. Yeah. It just, it was just that weird tuning and the, the bass is so like. Yeah. And their thing is so, their thing is so um, different from the Metallica sound. Yeah. And, Still heavy and aggressive, but it's oh, in a yeah. different way. Yeah, absolutely. Know? I mean, they, they kind of rewrote yeah. heavy metal, right? So, yeah. But um, yeah, man, it, it, that was easily one of the biggest highlights of this band's career. Did they like? I'm sure you got to kind of hang out with them after yeah. party or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, how were they towards you after like the festivities and everything had gone, oh, dude? We uh, we all we all hung out. It was great. Um, Rob didn't hang out at the party too long. He because he's got family out in LA, yeah. right? And. Uh, James came, hung out at the, I think we were at the Beverly Hotel or something like okay. that. And uh, so we hung out with them. And then um, Kirk and I had a great conversation about surfing and reggae. That's and then, awesome. Yeah, man. it was awesome. And then went upstairs, hung out with with uh, Lars and a couple friends in the in the hotel room. And it was just one of those nights where it was like, this is awesome. This is a good time. I mean, that's like, you guys have accomplished so much. I mean, 15 million records worldwide, Grammy nomination, Junos, like, you guys are going to go down in the history books as one of the, you know, like you guys have really made a career and a name for yourself. But I love the fact that you kind of feel the way I do. Like, yeah, we got to do that. Right. Yeah. Because because <laughs> it's exciting. Right. Because I'm a biggest fan in the yeah. world of, of different things. Like people on this podcast, they make fun of me sometimes on like social media because like, man, yeah. you really like talking to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's why I mean, I just music is my life and like metallic yeah. is such a huge part of it and the stuff i knew about you i just love the fact that that's not lost on you oh no 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 yeah. n- none of us i mean it, it, it's it's insane because we grew up our generation in a section of time like every generation but our our section of time is so special to us because of you know things like metal hammer things like yeah. kerrang you yeah. know what i mean uh, later on, things like the source, like all these different types of music being pulled together and put into our record stores. You know what I mean? And I mean, I'm sure you grew up with a guy like we grew up with a guy named Mario. Uh, he had a place called Mario's Compact Discovery. And he would constantly he would get to know like Apple Music. 
he would basically recommend he had an algorithm for yeah, each person yeah, exactly they came in the store right <laughs> so great. yeah and he would just be like oh you'd love this oh you'd love this and i discovered so many things through him like all the way from like it would have been like diamond head be like you like garage days check out diamond head you know you like you like bob marley check out you know mad cobra and yeah you like that any Kamozi song check out his stuff that isn't here comes the hot stepper yeah right so yeah yeah and and he just he was one of those guys that really just really cared about the how the music was consumed in the community, and uh, he wanted to get everything out there, which was awesome because he had a store full of it. Obviously, that's that's so like I had I had a record store, Karma Records, a big thing in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I would go in there all the time, and yeah, like the, I don't remember the guy's name. I don't think we were on a first name basis like yeah, we yeah, were yeah. with Mario. But yeah, you'd go in there and he'd be like, "Oh, you're wearing a Slayer shirt." Yeah. You ever heard of Exodus? Of course I had at the time. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it's yeah. like he'd look at you and try to figure out what you were into, you know? Dude, I mean, that's one of the ways. Uh, the first algorithm. Yeah, it's the first <laughs> algorithm. Exactly. It's, it's one of the ways we discovered like low by testament because uh, we had heard Alex Skolnick was leaving. We we're like, ah, we're not really sure if the next record's going to be any good. And then yeah. low was, low is to this day to me one of the, the greatest records of that time. I, I think it's really cool that you were talking about all the different kinds of music because what I noticed from all of the Sum 41 records, mm-hmm. but there are so many different influences. I mean, even the fact that Fat Lip kind of broke you guys here in the yeah, States. Yeah, yeah, It's very Beastie Boys kind of... Yeah, and still, But it's got the rock and the punk. It's yeah. got everything's in it. I love the fact that you guys can't really be classified as one type of thing. Well, I mean, to this day, I mean, we're Root Down is on our playlist before we go on stage. That's great, man. Like the the Beasties are a massive part of of who we are, and I mean, just like I like I say, you couldn't lock down a single band. It's just be like every genre yeah. really influences this band a lot. Well, I tell you what, man, I've had you here for over what I was supposed to have you here for. That's all good. I, I would like to the little thing we were talking about before I started recording because. This is a, a good memory for me. Yeah. But you and I have met before. Yeah. I was on tour with a band called The Reason, which we've talked about in this yeah, podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we were opening for Pennywise. And I know we were trying to figure out the venue, but you came to the venue because you knew yeah. the dudes in Pennywise. Yeah. And uh, they were all on the bus. And I was kind of walking through doing my tour manager duties. And I saw you out of the corner of my eye. And I was like, that looks like Dave from Sun 41. And the security guys were giving you shit, and they weren't letting you in. Yeah. So I went over, and I was like, uh, yeah, he's cool. And I showed him my laminate. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, thanks. And I walked you to the bus, and that was the one time I met you. We yeah. didn't really get to talk much. I was busy. But. I think that, I, I actually think that would have been the old government. I think it was. I yeah. was trying to think, because we played on that tour. We did Montreal. We did Ottawa. Yeah. We did Toronto. And I'm trying to remember. I know... I, we did the opera house at one point and the cool house at one point, but I think it was the government. And was it for the, it wasn't for the fuse, was it? Uh, I don't, re- I think it might've been that record. It, this might ring a bell. Yeah. Fletcher was not on the tour. No. Jason from 98 Mute yeah. because Fletcher got stopped at the border. Because of his brother. Yeah, because yeah. his brother exactly. always yeah, yeah, gave yeah. his ID when he would get in trouble. Exactly. Fletcher wasn't in trouble, but he could not get over the border. I remember we got to the first day of that tour and I was so stoked because I love Pennywise. And I'd met Jim a couple of times. I'd met Byron, a couple of those guys, yeah. Randy, but I'd never met Fletcher. And yeah. I just had these like 
stories in my head about Fletcher. Oh, dude. And all of a sudden, there, and Jason's this little guy playing his huge like, yeah, custom yeah, yeah, yeah. Ibanez. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. But man, I, that band, um, we were actually kind of nervous to meet them too because we had heard the stories as well. Because not every story about Fletcher is... You know, he grew up in this town. Fort no Wayne, way. Indiana. His For real? family is from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh, that's awesome, town, man. Fletcher. Ah, I should have brought my Pennywise shirt. I don't know if anybody in Fort Wayne cares now. Nah. They should, but I don't ah, but know. He, you know, if I wore my Pennywise shirt on stage, they'd be like, yo, that dude looks homeless. <laughs> it's all got holes and shit in it. <laughs> Is <laughs> it the old school, just like the white Oh, block? it's like, oh, it yeah. looks as old as my black flag shirt. Like <laughs> my, It's just like holes in the armpits. You know how that's, it goes. Oh, I got it. Yeah. My wife's trying to get me to throw stuff out every yeah. day. I'm like, no, that's my bad brain <laughs> shirt from 20 years ago. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. My Pennywise shirt looks like I survived an attack. <laughs> like somebody was like, you want to see a magic trick? <laughs> you want to see then- a magic trick? <laughs> I'm going to wear this shirt for 25 years. <laughs> but I mean, we, we were expecting to to just be ransacked by Fletcher because yeah. we were like, oh man, this guy is going to. And but- everyone I've ever met has told me stories, like not just yeah. stories that are like public domain. Like, yeah. Crazy but stories. The fact of the matter is, is like you all Fletcher asks of you, with his intimidating eyes, yeah, is just be yourself. Yeah, that's it. If and when Fletcher catches somebody being fake or shitty, they get fucked with. You know what I mean? But that band has been so good to us over the years, and that whole family of like the Vandals, Offspring, Pennywise. Like Speaking the of the whole, Vandals, you got a nice yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. I'll, I'll never throw this hoodie away. Dude, yeah. I got I got to stay at Joe's house one time. Yeah, because I played in a band called Undermined that was, that was on Kung Fu. Okay, and uh, I'm a huge Saved by the Bell fan, That's and nice. he had a whole room in his basement where we slept. Yeah, that was dedicated to Saved by the Bell. Dude, because he had every piece of memorabilia you've ever seen in your life, it was the coolest thing, man. Dude, the gr- one of the greatest punk rock bands, and I don't know if it's because of my love for the Damned. That kind of drew me to. Um, well, I remember when you guys did that mock up of, yeah, of the damn yeah, yeah. for Spin or whatever it was. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was actually Spin's idea. And but um, but yeah, I I was shown the damned by uh, Jerry Finn, our producer on All yeah. Killer, and just immediately I just dove into great, the man. to the catalog, and all of a sudden I was like, I kind of saw the comparisons between you know like Dave Vanian and. Dave Quackenbush, like kind of similar, similar voices, and then once we got to meet Quackenbush, the, is a little sillier. Yeah, yeah, he's a little sillier <laughs> for sure. But there's a there's a tongue in cheek uh, approach that Vanian takes that yeah. is like that's truly, truly amazing. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, I mean, that kind of I think that kind of seeded my uh, my massive love for the Vandals, and I do have to say that um, people kind of are like, are you really all they do is joke around. But it's like, no, nah, man, it, that's... The songwriting is there, though. And I mean, Warren does yeah. stuff for, like, huge artists and TV. And but not only Joe's that... Joe's a writer now yeah, for... Like, uh, what is it? Uh, I can't even remember the name. Ancient Aliens. Yeah. I, dude, like, they just... The level of humor and the delivery of, like, letting an entire audience in yeah. on what could be, like, an inside joke in L.A., like it, it's pretty awesome, man, and it's cool. one of the reasons why they're one of my favorite bands of all time. Because awesome. also because you know I was angry enough 
coming home from school. <laughs> like I, it was kind of nice to listen to some people that were like, ah, eh, you know, it Don't sucks, but let's yeah. laugh about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we're at the end of this. I would like to know, is there anything that's piquing your interest now musically? Like we were talking about new bands earlier. Yeah, actually I just found out that, uh, one of my new favorite bands, Radkey. Radkey. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing band, uh, a trio of brothers. Okay. That just, uh, they, well, they're actually familial brothers. Like the some sort of Twitter armchair quarterback could hit me real hard for what I just said, but they are actually like blood brothers, and uh, they just play the most melodic, amazing punk rock. Awesome, man! Like it is so cool. Tom and I went to go see them, and uh, just got to meet meet them and hang out with them afterwards. Um, we just did a band with a band called Dinosaur Pileup okay. with uh, Offspring in Canada and out of the UK. Been around for 20 years. Wow. Recorded this record. And they were like, ah, you know what? Let's just record one record and then we'll just call it a day. We'll just do these songs. That'll be it. All of a sudden they get a call being like, yo, don't release that single. We're going to put your record out on this, this major label. And they just, every it's like the most, some of the most movie shit you've ever heard of. <laughs> but the record is brilliant. Um, it's uh, called uh, Celebrity Mansions. And it's Dinosaur, Dinosaur Pileup. Pile yeah, absolutely. And we we were on Disrupt Fest this summer. Okay. And uh, I know I keep on... No, we're, keep we can keep roll. going, man. But, You're um, the one that's got a show. <laughs> hey, man, he's not here yet, so... We'll yeah. keep going. Yeah, we'll keep I got going. more yeah, stuff, yeah. man. <laughs> so go ahead and ask it. But, so uh, we're in... We're in love with this band called Dirty Nell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Well, I know, uh, I mean, I sort of know the Alexis guys. I know Joel, their manager, yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, better. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, And they're, like, Dine Alone is doing the Dirty Nell stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're they're actually managed by a guy named uh, Mike Renault. Okay. Uh, who we know as Parkside Mike, who was our A&R at Aquarius for Psalm 41 wow. over a, a series of years. Small managed Brown world. Brigade. Oh, dude. Dude, he's, he's awesome. And um, he... We actually played with the Nil and the Reason. Okay. Well, a while ago, but um, I'm getting off track. Um, it's we okay had because your tour manager is nowhere to right, be found right, right now. Right? Yeah. Don't tell him we're in Don't here. Don't tell him we're in. Yeah. So the um, the message goes out to management. We're like, listen, we're doing this tour with Offspring. We know it's not our call, but we really think Dirty Nil would be amazing. Yeah. To be a part of this tour because they're young, they're coming up and they could really use this arena crowd to launch their career. So all we get back from management is dinosaur pile up. And we're like, what? (laughs) Dude, we got so insulted because we thought that management was like, it's going to be a bunch (laughs) of dinosaurs just piled up on a bill. Like, sorry, dudes. We're looking for somebody with a little bit of you. And we're like, these guys are fucking young. What, who are they talking about? What are they talking about? And then all of a sudden, my fiance speaks up. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, dinosaur pile up. Yeah, yeah, they've been, they, can, they get played on the edge in Toronto. <laughs> like, oh. How long was, like, yeah. how long were you guys mad? Like, motherfuckers. Dude, it had to be a good minute before, <laughs> before uh, my uh, fiance, Kendra, was just like, listen, it's a band. It's yeah. a band. Right, so we're that's like, hilarious. All man. right, so then we we uh, we immediately streamed it, and it was like, okay, this is awesome. this is awesome. Yeah, how so, was that tour with Offspring? I uh, I know uh, Pete pretty well. Pete was on the show last year. Oh, dude, it's uh, touring with Offspring. We've been doing it over the over the years. 
And uh, early 2000s, they grabbed us and, and took us out. And uh, it, it's never anything less than awesome. They, they, I mean, I've met those guys before. I don't really know yeah. them. Like I said, I know Pete fairly well. But they just seem like the nicest dudes ever. Man. Oh, dude. And they didn't need to be with us because when we were recording All Killer No Filler, we, we did some shit where... <laughs> <laughs> Our producer Jerry, rest in peace, one of the one of the greatest dudes Jerry's we've ever amazing. recorded with. Yeah. yeah. And um he was like, Hey, listen, um, Dexter from the offspring is having a barbecue <laughs> at his place in Orange County. Like, um, let's get some work done and then let's go out to the barbecue. Meet you guys, uh, get you guys introduced to the offspring and some of the Orange County crews. So we're like, all right. So we finish recording, we drive out, and uh like any band back then boxes of cds like you go that's your business card right that's <laughs> yeah that's, you just leave that's them. what you're gonna do right yeah so we got two boxes of cds we get there and it's hard to talk to anybody because we're one we're super shy yeah. at this point we're like 18 19 this is before years old. the fulling the first fullings out right yeah this is before like we we tracked half hour power and then we tracked all killer no filler before we released yeah half hour power and uh yeah, man. So <laughs> we're we're at his house. We're like, how are we gonna get him these CDs? Like we we have no in here. So who are you with trying me. to give them to? Like Dexter, Dexter in particular. Yeah, so Dexter. Dexter in particular, and but like you know, Joe from the Vandals was there. Yeah, like um, I believe Byron from Pennywise Wise was there as well, and uh, we were just like, you know what? You know, it'd be hilarious. And we always had these ideas that were just hilarious to us. Just to you. <laughs> yeah. And we would be like, ah, oh, you know, it would be so amazing. We would think that we would do it in such a charming way. Yeah. That people would be like, oh, you guys. <laughs> right? But it, uh, we just, always, a lot of times just came off like dicks. But this time, this time. At Dexter's house. We came off like heroes. Okay. At Dexter's house because we were like, let's just leave the CDs everywhere so <laughs> we, dude we take cds and we're like i'm like opening cereal i'm like don't know this man i'm opening his cereal box putting a cd in there right like steve put a couple in the toaster like i think conan derrick went into the bedroom put cds in the bedroom Jeez, i man. went into the powder room i you know like remember hide the duke yeah, 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 that game. I did that with a CD. I put it in the toilet tank, and then see, we call that an upper decker. Oh, you do? Okay, yeah. all, right, all right. But I know what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> yes, <laughs> different names, same thing. Both amazing names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, like we were putting them in potted plants. We were putting them like the dog house in case I guess the dog <laughs> wanted to listen. But yeah, now are these like? demo cds because you were recording no these are half these are these are half hour powers like sealed up like yeah yeah absolutely yeah (laughs) (laughs) so eventually eventually we actually ended up getting a tour so obviously he was like okay this is kind of cool have you mentioned that like that to him now yeah yeah both bands both bands tell the story and in in their own way so dexter's like i had to move because yeah, there were the all these for, rotten for the CDs all owners. over the place. Yeah, <laughs> just, just destroyed the plumbing. When you used to be on the road back in the day, like before there was money and buses and all this stuff. Yeah. What we used to do, actually, you brought up Upper Decker. Whenever a place, like a venue, wouldn't pay us, 
mm-hmm. we would do that to the video. Damn. <laughs> Did you guys have anything you would do if maybe it was a bad show or they treated you a different way? Or There was a club called The Dungeon. I've been to The Dungeon. In Oshawa, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. So Many do you times. remember Do you remember John? What was his last name? Can't remember his last name. Was he like uh, the main dude there? Yeah, big, big husky yeah, Scottish. Yeah, I've dealt with him a couple times. It's been years, though. Uh, he, well, he ended up getting fired. That place was, it was such a great idea. Yeah. But unfortunately, it was run into the ground by people that didn't care about our scene. Yeah, yeah. Pretended they did, but, you know, one was just trying to capitalize off of um, off of a bunch of poor punk rockers, and the other one was a uh, was very questionable in his practices with young women. But um, seems like there's always somebody like that, right? At one of those punk rock just, clubs, it's disgusting, right? And yeah. and it that all that does is hurt our scene. But the um, getting back to John, Big John, the Scottish guy, um, we had had some sort of quarrel about something with the show. He had said something like, "You're playing at this time." When we were told we were playing at this time, and we had everybody. It's a local show, so our whole family's showing up at this time. And he's yeah. like, yeah, well, you're going on at this time. We're like, well, no, we're not. So not only did we not go on at the time that he said we were supposed to go on, but we proceeded to just have, we got fish and Caesar salad, and we fucking destroyed that. We didn't eat a bite. Yeah. We just shoved the fish into like, into vents, we fucking threw the uh, Caesar salad under couches, <laughs> smeared stuff into the walls, and it, it was like, it was amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, it was pretty mean. Were there repercussions? No. None? No, no, because he, he didn't care. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was just like, he was like, oh, okay, well, I guess this room smells like fish and Caesar. <sighs> yeah. That's pretty crazy. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I have something for you. Yes, because it's got? Christmas. Oh, no way. I have this these amazing sponsors that sponsor the show. And uh, there's this company out of California called Merge 4. They make socks. No way. Okay. And these are giveaway socks normally for uh, the supporters of the show. But I brought you two pair. Oh, that's awesome, man. Because it's Christmas, man. Thank you very much. Oh, these are cool. Yeah. Well, as a gift, I ate tacos right before the podcast. <laughs> Awesome. So now your mic smells like <laughs> I appreciate Al Pastor. I appreciate yeah. the. These I are appreciate awesome, it. man. Thank you very much. But yeah, the, they feel good too. Yeah, they're made uh, like bamboo and stuff. They're they're really cool, like special kind of sock. Oh, dude, you know I, I have them on. I wear them oh, every nice. day. Yeah, you know my feet are dying too. Like I got these old jump jump feet. <laughs> One of my toes over here, my baby toe on my left side, it's like turning over like a goldfish, just slowly dying. <laughs> Yeah, but I just thought you know Christmas is so close. You've been on the road for a while, and I they send me stuff all the time. So now, Cindy, if you're listening, Dave now has some Merge Four socks. Thank you, Cindy. (laughs) If there was a camera here, I'd hold him up for it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, hey, I just want to say thank you so much. I've had a blast. I was supposed to get a half hour. I got an hour. Oh man, not a problem. I just I don't know. It's it's cool. Like I said, you know, we've met. One little tiny time, but I feel like I've known you my whole life, man. Oh, so man. Yeah. thank you so much. The new record is amazing. I got to say. Ah, uh, thank you. And uh, thanks, man. Hopefully we'll talk to you again next time something hey, comes man. out. Just let me know anytime you want me on. I'm here for you. Awesome, man. Thank All you right. very much. Thanks, Chris. Peace. 
So there it was, my conversation with Dave Brown Sound from Sum 41. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Dave is such a great guy, and I can't wait to have him back in the future. And possibly some of the other guys, you know, Derek or Cone or, or you know, Zumo or any of those guys. It would be awesome to have them on. And I felt really bad there at the beginning of the interview because I couldn't remember Tom's name. Uh, Tom Thacker from Gob. I love Gob. My old band Chronic Chaos played with Gob in, in Indianapolis a couple times. And uh, yeah, I just felt like a dumbass because I couldn't remember Tom's name. And I hope you guys liked Mr. Rody Walker from Protest the Heroes' little joke at the beginning of the episode. We were texting back and forth before I was going to edit this and do the intro and the outro. And I told Rody, I'm like, you know those guys. I want to eat like do a voice memo of a joke. And then he accommodated. Rody's a good guy. We're going to have him back on the show in the future as well to talk about the new protest, the hero record. So uh, shout out to Rody and shout out to Dave and all the Sum 41 guys. Thank you so much for the hospitality. I love you dudes. And uh, I will see you soon, hopefully. So that is it for this episode of that one time on tour. Come back next week when my guest will be Miss Melissa Brooks from the Aqua Dolls. Really cool band out of California. If you guys haven't checked out the Aqua Dolls, they're on all the streaming sites, so go check them out. You'll be hearing my conversation with Melissa next week, and it's a really fun conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. So that is it for me. Make sure to follow us on the socials. It's at TOTOT Podcast. And uh, if your band or company wants to sponsor an episode or two, you can hit me up, TOTOTPodcast at gmail.com or on any of the socials. Now, I didn't know if I was going to address this or not, but on a serious note, a, a buddy of mine, uh, Dylan Richmond, passed away a few days ago. Dylan was a really cool guy, a really good guy, and he had great taste in music. We always used to talk about, you know, punk music and metal music and, and some of the things we agreed on and some of the things we didn't. But uh, Dylan was a really good guy, and if he... If he liked you, he loved you. And if he didn't like you, you fucking knew about it. <laughs> and um, I hadn't talked to him in a really long time. I hadn't seen him in a really long time because I had moved away from, you know, my hometown. And now I'm back in my hometown. And I think he was down in Indianapolis. But uh, he was a he was a big part of my circle of friends. And um, even though I haven't I hadn't seen him in a long time, I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss him dearly. He was a really good guy. And I was talking to my friend Isaac today, who's been on the show before. Uh, he's a comedian. And uh, Isaac and Dylan were very, very close for a long time. And he was talking about when him and Dylan went to Canada and Isaac won all this money at the casino and they had too many people in the room and they got kicked out. He was telling the story on Facebook and, and I kind of chimed in because I remembered on that trip, they were, they went to Canada and I was on tour with this band called the reason who used to be called sewing with Nancy. I've talked about him on the program a bunch of times. But um, we were playing a show. I can't remember what town we were in, somewhere around Toronto um, or outside of Windsor. I can't remember where it was at. But I'd been on tour for like two or three months. I missed everybody. And uh, we were actually playing at this like little community hall. And uh, the headliner was Alexis on Fire. So that shows you how long ago this was. This was before they were playing arenas. <laughs> this was like a community hall with may maybe 300 people. I, I don't know if it was even that much. But um, Isaac and uh, his future wife, Anne, I think was there. Uh, and I'm trying to think our buddy Sam, I think was there. And then Dylan, they were, you know, on their little trip to Canada. And I don't even know how he coordinated it. I don't know if we had cell phones. It was so long ago. 
But they came to see me on tour. And uh, I just remember we went to this little bar and Dylan almost got in a fight with this guy. And I don't know, just cool memories like that. And I just remember feeling like when I saw Isaac and I saw Ann and I saw Sam and I saw Dylan, all these people from like my circle of friends back in Indiana that I hadn't seen for months because I'd been on the road in a foreign country. I mean, it's Canada, but it's still a different country. It was so nice to have that piece of home there with me just for that one night. And uh, that's the thing. Like, I, I wouldn't say that Dylan was one of my best friends, but he always had a smile for me. And he was a really, really good guy. And I have some good memories with Dylan. And even just seeing him, you know, walking down the street when I used to be driving to work when I was teaching guitar back in the day. And and he'd wave at me. I mean, he's just, he was just a good guy. And I'm going to miss him. And I know a lot of my friends that were really, really close to Dylan are going to miss him. So shout out to Dylan. I, uh, you know, wherever you're at, man, thinking of you. And I, I'm glad that I knew you. So uh, thank you guys out there for listening. And I love you. You know, when friends years start to pass away, no matter what the cause of the, of, of, you know, what happened, it really makes you think, man, it makes you like, you know, hold your kids tight, hold your family tight. And um, things are crazy. I mean, like, you know, I'm not a big basketball player or basketball fan, but you know, Kobe and his daughter just passed and, I know there's conflicting, like some people don't like, you know, oh, he did bad things and he was a good basketball player. That doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. But man, he died and his daughter died. She was 13. And just things happen every day that are just devastating. And uh, I just can't imagine it. I love my family so much. I love my friends so much. And you guys out there in, you know, the quote unquote, when I say the stupid thing, podcast world, it's really a community and a lot of people out there you know, hit me up all the time. And, and they, they want to talk to me and they want to like pick my brain and they want to tell me about their families. And, and, you know, this one guy, and I think, I think in Ohio, maybe Pennsylvania, he got his son who's probably five or six years old, uh, that one time on tour t-shirt. And he sent me a picture of his kid wearing the shirt. It's just really cool to have an outlet to be creative and to be expressive and I just want you guys to know that uh, there's nothing more important than your friends and your family. And you never know what's going to happen. So when you, you know, if there's somebody that you care about that you haven't talked to in a long time, reach out to them. Or if, you know, even what I do, which, you know, maybe sounds stupid, but every time I go to work, every time I go to the store, every time I do anything, I kiss both my kids and I kiss my wife. Because if something happens, at least I did that you know? So, uh, I love you guys. I'm going to stop rambling, but you guys are important to me and, uh, I appreciate you listening and I'm going to get out of here. I am going to play some, some 41. I'm going to play their newest single, a death in the family fitting kind of what we're talking to with, I guess, but a death in the family. It is on, uh, What's the name of the record, damn it? <laughs> See, I got all mushy, and now I forget what the... Order and decline. <laughs> Order and decline. This is real, and no editing, I swear. But uh, yeah, Death in the Family is their new single on Order and Decline. It's such a good song, such a good record. I hope you guys are going to like it. And after that, I have a really cool treat that I was able to snag in 
the far corners of the internet. I got the Metallica medley that they did for Sirius Satellite Radio. It's pretty killer. We talk about it on the podcast. I think you're going to like it. So without further ado, I'm jumping out of here. This is Sum 41 with their new single, A Death in the Family, and then a little treat after that, a little bit of Sum 41 cover Metallica, which who, how can that be a bad thing? That's a perfect thing. So this is Chris signing off. I love you guys. I will see you next week with Melissa from the Aqua Dolls. Peace.
What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com, and I'll see you there.